Okay, guys, we are back for our second mini-sode. Well, we aren't back. It's just me today. I'm sorry. My mom's schedule didn't quite match up with mine, and this is a bonus episode, so I really just needed to get it recorded and get it out to you guys, so here we are. I remember we don't edit our bonus episodes, our mini episodes, so I'm not taking out pieces if I stutter a thousand times, if I mess up the words. Like, you just kind of get what you get. We are getting all this information into an episode and just putting it right out to you. So for today's episode, I got a lot of information from the YouTube channel 10 to Life with Annie Elise, who did a great job covering this case. So if you need more information after this, check her out. And remember, earlier this week, we talked about Michael Vaughn, who is currently missing right now out of Fruitland, Idaho. At the end, I told you how there is another case that is happening in parallel with Michael's case. Just about one month before Michael went missing, another little girl went missing as well. This girl is Summer Moon Utah Wells. And this case has so much more information than I thought as I really dug into it. It is a crazy case. There is a ton of chatter and a ton of speculation out there. As you know, with Michael's case, we didn't have a ton of information. We're going on very, very, very little information in Michael's disappearance, but we needed to get his story and his face out there even more because we need to find Michael. And the same thing goes for Summer. We need to find Summer, but I'm glad I did this as a bonus episode instead of adding it onto Michael's case because this will truly blow your mind. So on June 15th of this year, 2021, five-year-old Summer Wells ran into her family home and into their basement to play with some of her toys downstairs. Summer and her mom, Candace Bly Wells, had been outside planting flowers with Summer's maternal grandma, who at this time was living on their property in her own camper. After Candace had walked Summer up to their home and asked Summer's brothers to keep an eye on her while she played, She continued planting flowers and gardening with her mom outside. Just a few minutes later, Candace feels this urge to go check on Summer and her three brothers. When she walks inside, she asks the boys where their sister is. Where's Summer? And the boys explain to their mom how once Summer ran inside, she went straight downstairs to play with her toys. So so Candace calls out to Summer, and there is no answer. So she calls out again over and over, with no answer. How weird, Candace thinks to herself, Summer always answers her. But maybe she just fell asleep. So Candace makes her way downstairs to make sure Summer is all right. But Summer isn't downstairs. After a few minutes of searching down there, Candace starts to feel the stress flood through her body. Where is Summer? And then the search for Summer turns more frantic. And everyone is looking around the home. They're calling out to her. They're outside yelling for her. Summer, Summer, where are you? You probably know that little feeling if you're a mom. My child has hid from me in our house multiple times. And when you can't immediately find your child, this panic sort of sets in. But it's a panic that you know in the back of your mind isn't warranted. You know you're going to find your child hiding in the closet or in the backyard. 
But Summer's family is greeted with a deafening silence. Summer's family didn't live in a neighborhood where you may hear children's little shrieks and laughter outside while they play, or the sound of a neighbor having a barbecue. No, they live in a very rural area of Rogersville, Tennessee, on the 100th block of Ben Hill Road in the Beach Creek area. And I'll post a photo for you guys on our Instagram with this case, and you will see that it is extremely rural, surrounded by trees and land for miles. The family continued their own little search for a bit, but as the minutes passed by with no sign of summer, it was clear that they needed to take that next dreadful step to report summer missing. The step that really makes a situation like this devastatingly real. But Candace didn't want to call law enforcement herself. So instead, she called her husband who was at work, Donald Wells, who is often just referred to as Don. Don is Summer's dad and Candace tells him, Summer is gone. We can't find her and it's been a while. We need to report her missing. And Don's heart drops. Once he receives this information about his daughter, he calls the police around 6.30 p.m. on June 15, 2021 to report Summer Moon Utah Wells as missing. With this, he is racing home from work. Ground searches start that night, but no sign of summer is turning up. And at 11.07 p.m., an endangered missing child alert is sent out. The day after summer went missing, law enforcement decided to upgrade the endangered missing child alert to an amber alert. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, the TBI, starts to question Summer's family about her last known whereabouts. And this is when law enforcement is told the story that I just told you. What I just told you is Candace and Don's account of what happened just before Summer was reported missing. Like I said, the terrain around the Summers around Summer's family home is rough. So search efforts here were seeming to be very difficult. By June 21st, the TBI announced that more than 70 agencies were assisting them in searches and that the FBI was now involved. Searches included ground searches, including line searches, where law enforcement walked in a line side by side, by side searching any fields and long grassy areas. They have had air searches. They have searched the ponds and the creeks nearby Summer's home. Canine units have been involved in the search, and at one point in the beginning, law enforcement created a roadblock and questioned each car that came through, because there was only one way in and out to Summer's home. But regardless of all these efforts, law enforcement has yet to find Summer. Summer has blonde hair and blue eyes, and she weighs about 40 pounds and stands three feet tall. She was last seen barefoot, wearing a pink shirt and gray pants. Now, there is a ton of chatter surrounding Summer, her disappearance, and her family. What could have happened to her? Right away, Summer's family suspected an abduction. They don't believe that Summer wandered off and got lost, although that is still a possibility in the eyes of law enforcement. The TBI has come out and said that 
although literally everything is on the table, there is no evidence at the moment that an abduction occurred. So they are not ruling it out, but they also can't prove that she was abducted. On Thursday, June 20, no, no, no. On Thursday, June 17th, just two days after Summer went missing, her father, Don Wells, gave his first public statement. With this, he tells the public that Summer would never have left their property willingly and that she would never just disappear the way she did on her own. Summer's mom, Candace Blywells, would not give a public statement at all in the beginning of the investigation. She kept to herself, even at the vigil that was held for Summer, Candace did not attend. Donald Wells has been the main source of communication between the family and the media. Don maintains that he believes Summer was taken. He even goes as far to say that he believes Summer was probably sex trafficked. Quote, maybe some human trafficking ring seen her on Facebook and tracked her down. Somebody has taken her out of the area and I don't know if it is a human trafficking ring or what. End quote. This is somewhat of an odd statement since law enforcement has literally said there is zero evidence of an abduction. I can't quite wrap my mind around why Don believes so firmly that Summer was abducted and specifically that she may have been sex trafficked. I mean, personally, this is one of the last things I would want to think about having happened. I would be hoping with all the hope in the world and praying in those first few days that my baby did wander off and that we would find her safe. As time went on, Candace and Dawn have made more public statements and have done more interviews. Originally, when Summer first went missing and her face was plastered everywhere with her missing details attached, these photos showed Summer with her blonde hair about shoulder length. Well, at the time Summer went missing, her head was actually buzzed. So her hair that was growing only looks to have been about an inch or two long. Law enforcement and media released a statement that previous photos of Summer attached to missing persons flyers may not have actually correctly depicted the little girl at the time that she went missing. With this, they released photos of her with her hair in its short, buzzed state. This sparked huge conversations surrounding Summer, like why is her hair buzzed? Was this a punishment? Did she have lice? Was her hair too unkempt? Well, through all of this, the public was pushing Summer's mom hard to make a public statement, to come out and say something about her daughter's disappearance. I mean, Summer spent that entire day with her mom June 15th. Why wasn't she saying anything? This pressure led Candace to do a public interview with Dawn by her side. I watched this inter- I watched this interview and if I'm being completely honest, it does seem that Candace may possibly be under the influence of some substance at the time of the interview. Whether that be something like alcohol or marijuana or something more. I really, I'm not sure. And honestly, I can't say if she really was under the influence. That's just kind of where my brain went when I was watching the interview. 
And this doesn't make Candace a bad person. It doesn't make her guilty of anything. It's just a detail that I noticed. I mean, Candace is going through every parent's worst nightmare. Her daughter is missing. So she may possibly be not doing well mentally. And the way someone copes with that is just not my place to judge. But there are a lot of people who have big speculations about Summer's family that we will get into later. And in this interview, the speculation surrounding Summer having her head shaved is brought up. And Candace tells the interviewer that Summer shaved her head to be like her. Candace herself does have short hair at this time and describes herself as a tomboy. She goes on to say that Summer also wanted her head shaved because she has three brothers that she wanted to fit in with. And then Dawn goes on to explain that Summer's hair was getting more unkempt as time went on and that it kept getting tangled and that Summer would shave areas of her head herself until they finally made the decision the decision to let Summer do what she wanted and shave her head. But then Candace says that after this is when she shaved her head because she didn't want Summer to feel bad about her shaved head. Now, these two statements obviously discount each other because both things cannot be true. Summer couldn't have wanted to shave her head to be more tomboy like her mom if her mom didn't shave her head until after Summer's head was shaved to make her feel better. And if Summer wanted her head shaved, why would Candace need to make Summer feel better about it? These are just tiny details in this case that don't make a lot of sense. And there's a lot of this in here. But does it really have anything to do with Summer's disappearance? I mean, I doubt it, but the public has come for Summer's family surrounding the shaved head. I don't really even know what to think about it. If Summer wanted her head shaved, then good for them for letting her do what she wanted to with her hair or if she needed it shaved to get her hair healthy again, then great. But if her hair was shaved as a form of punishment or something, I mean, that's not okay to me. And this is really just sort of a random rabbit hole that people can get lost in, but I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with Summer's disappearance. So as far as we know, the TBI has stated that Summer's family has been cooperative. At this point, there is no evidence leading to anything. Law enforcement cannot say whether Summer wandered off or if she was taken or if something else happened. Right now, the focus really does need to be on the search for Summer. So keep your eyes out for her for anything suspicious, for any sign that Summer is out there somewhere. But there is a lot of talk surrounding Summer's family, which I do think is important to talk about in a case. People need to know where this little girl came from. And if there is anything suspicious going on, I do think it needs to be talked about. And so I'm going to get into it. But just remember at this point, Summer's parents are not suspects in her disappearance. And if they do not know more than what we have been told by them so far, then we need to remember that they are going through the absolute worst nightmare you can imagine going through as a parent. And that is something I wouldn't wish on anyone. 
their lives being scrutinized is just another huge trauma to add on to their daughter's disappearance if she truly just vanished without a trace. So last year, in October 2020, Don Wells came home to find a man in his house hanging out with his wife, Candace Wells. Don asks, what's going on? Who is this? And Candace tells him, this is Jose. And it's not her fault that he is here at the home. Her friend Allie had been at the home with this guy and then abandoned him there. We will hear more about Allie later on because Allie has a son who is actually the last non-family member to see Summer before she went missing. And there is a whole lot going on there. Anyway, this whole situation throws Don into a rage. He forces Candace onto the ground while Jose and Don get into this altercation. The police are called and Don ultimately gets arrested and charged with domestic assault, unlawfully having a weapon and possession of a handgun while intoxicated. Don was already not allowed to own a gun because he had a previous felony charge from Utah. The following day, Candace goes to the courthouse and she files for an order of protection against Don. In this, she writes, quote, He drinks and throws things. I am afraid of being hurt. He is abusive physically and mentally toward me. I am afraid for my children and myself. My mother fears he is going to hurt her because she is staying in her camper on the property, end quote. Which, obviously, this is a huge red flag. Don, my friend, this is not a good look. Four days after, Candace asks for the order to be dropped. She doesn't want to press charges. Now, this doesn't mean that Don is innocent. No, unfortunately, this happens all the time with people who are in abusive relationships. It takes multiple attempts to actually leave them. It takes multiple attempts to actually stick with pressing charges. These things are not easy when you're in a toxic relationship. So honestly, I am not surprised that she changed her mind after a few days and that honestly breaks my heart. On April 21st, 2020, just one month before Summer went missing, the order was dismissed, but Don was convicted of possession of a handgun by an intoxicated person, and he was put on probation for this. Obviously, this incident is not okay. We know that domestic violence can often turn dangerous and fatal, especially when a gun is in the home during a domestic violence dispute. And there was Don yielding a gun, fighting with his wife and some dude while he is drunk. Like I said before, bad luck. Could domestic violence play a role in Summer's disappearance? I don't know. Apparently, after this incident, Candace's mom took Jose to North Carolina. Remember, Jose is the man that Don found in the home who Candace says was left there by her old friend, Allie. This story was told by Candace herself on a YouTube called The Interview Room with Chris McDonough. McDonough? I don't know. 
He has done extensive research into this case. He's also a retired homicide detective. And if you need like a ton of information on this whole case, go search his YouTube. It is pretty incredible. So, of course, I'm sure you can see how this story and these charges can lead people, can leave people side-eyeing Summer's dad, Don, along with him really pushing that narrative that Summer was abducted, regardless of law enforcement saying that they have no evidence to prove she was taken. This is just not sitting right with a ton of people. It doesn't feel right in their gut. Candace and Dawn have both taken to Facebook and TikTok to post many videos about Summer and the whole situation. At one point, Dawn posts about a dream he had. One night, Dawn fell asleep, and when he started to dream, he sees Summer. Summer comes up to him, and she tells him where she is. Dad, I'm in Mexico. And she gives him a specific location. Once Don wakes up, he has the urge to share this dream with the world via Facebook. I mean, what if this dream was real? What if Summer was really there? So he posts asking for help in locating Summer and that she came to him in a dream and says that she is in this location in Mexico and he links a location. While Don may just be a grieving father who is grasping at any straw he can to find his daughter and holding on to any sliver of hope he can, some people are also looking at this like Don may be pushing people to look somewhere that he knows Summer is not. Does Don know more about what happened to Summer? Many family members and people that know the family have come forward with allegations surrounding Don. They have said that he has a history of sexual relationships with minors and that he has substance abuse problems. One allegation that is a very serious was brought forward that Don tried to sell two of his older children when they were younger for drug money. It seems like Don and Candace both have older older children, maybe with previous partners, and then the three boys and Summer, who were all younger and living in the home, were theirs together. This allegation I wouldn't have even brought up in this story since it's not proven to be true. However, it does tie into the last part of this episode and sort of surrounds what is happening with their children now. So this allegation will be brought up again later in the episode and tie into the whole story, showing why it was sort of necessary to bring up. Now, the reason that allegations of Don's sexual relationship have been brought up is because of his older son, who was also named Don. So I will call him Don Jr. So Don Jr. is around 34 years old and he is convicted. He is a convicted sex offender. In 2007, he pleaded guilty in Arkansas to sexual indecency with a child. Don Jr. spent three years in prison for this, and Don Sr., Summer's dad, came to his son's defense, saying that at the time of the incident, Don Jr. was only 19 years old and the girl was 18 months younger. But this is why Don Sr. says there is no evidence to back up. But this is just what 
Don Sr. says. And there's no evidence to back this up, but, you know, it's just what he says. Now, this isn't the first time that Candace and Don have had to deal with a disappearance in their family. In 2009, Candace had a sister who went missing. Her name was Rose Bly. Rose was living in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin, and she was living with her husband and their children, and during this time, they were having marital issues. There was at least one time where the police had to be called to the home for a domestic assault that was violent. Rose has brown hair and brown eyes and weighs 110 pounds. On the night she went missing, she was going to meet her cousin in a bar in Cushing, Wisconsin, and this was only about a five-minute drive from her home. She told her husband goodbye and that she would be home by midnight. Well, midnight comes and it goes and Rose never returns home. Rose's husband, Christopher Larson, reported her missing the next day. Searches started for Rose, and five days in, her car was found abandoned 30 minutes from her home in a parking lot that was usually used by truck drivers to park their trailers. Of course, her husband was to be talked to. It's always the husband, right? But police cleared him after he passed a polygraph. And then, three weeks after Rose goes missing, Christopher Christopher files for divorce and custody of the children, and he is granted both wishes, which like, ooh, that seems a little fishy and a little too soon for my liking to divorce your wife three weeks after she goes missing. It's not like she left him and ran off. Her freaking car was found, found abandoned. But police still to this day have not solved Rose's case and she is still missing. Rose's own mother thought she went off on her own. Apparently a few weeks before she went missing, she fell off a horse and hit her head. Because of this, Rose was complaining of headaches and her mom believes she had a head injury that caused her to become disoriented and then just wander off. But like, no. I don't think this at all. If she wandered off, she would have probably been found by now. Someone who's disoriented due to a head injury isn't likely to just vanish. It wasn't like she was trying to hide herself. But regardless of her husband going off scot-free, people still speculate that he may have something to do with Rose being missing especially since their relationship was in a fragile state at the time of the disappearance. But Christopher might not be the only suspect. Get this. At the time that Rose went missing, she actually had custody of some of Candace Wells' children. They weren't the children living with Candace at the time of Summer's disappearance. Because remember, Rose went missing in 2009. These were her older children, a son and a daughter, I think. Rose had become the primary caregiver of Candace's children because she called CPS on Candace and her kids were taken away and put into the care of Rose. Once Rose went missing, Candace got her kids back, at least for a little while. This wasn't the only time that CPS was called on Candace. 
CPS has been called multiple times, and it is detailed on one of Candace's Facebook posts where Candace Wells posts, quote, you're a effing piece of shiz cop, DCS calling bitch, you better watch karma a bitch and it's going to get you. End quote. So, whew. The home environment just like does seem to be one that is possibly full of neglect. And honestly, I can see why people have called CPS just to at least make sure the children are being cared for. I don't know the couple's financial financial situation or the way they are accustomed to providing and caring for their children, but this is speculated by many from the backgrounds in the photos that Candace has posted. Like I said, it could be suspicious of possible neglect. One neighbor of the family said that CPS told the family they needed to clean up the home and stop posting videos of them under the influence. Now, I don't know if this really is what CPS said because CPS has not confirmed this, but this is being alleged by a neighbor that knew the family. Just like with the domestic violence in 2020, these CPS calls and the history with CPS is another red flag in this case. Does it mean that the family is guilty of anything? No, but I can see why the speculation does surround them. Now, let's go back to the day that Summer went missing. Early that morning on June 15th, Candace had taken her mom to the hospital for a visit, and she had Summer with her. After this, she says that Hunter texted her and asked her to come stop by. Hunter is Allie's son. Remember Allie, the old friend of Candace, before they had the falling out after Allie allegedly left a man named Jose at the home with Candace. Remember all of that? Yeah. So Candace tells Hunter that she is taking Summer to the swimming hole and Hunter asks to come so that he can go fishing. Candace says to ask his mom, Allie, and she says yes. So Candace comes and picks up Hunter. Hunter is 15 years old, and although Hunter and Candace both tell Chris with the interview room a similar story about that day, their details are also often very opposite of each other. While Candace says that Hunter texted her first, Hunter says that Candace was the one that texted him first. He says that he would hear from Candace on Snapchat sometimes. Um, okay. And then Candace says that her three sons didn't come swimming because they stayed home. But Hunter says that the boys didn't come because they were at work with Dawn. But we know Dawn was at work when Summer went missing. And when Summer went missing, the boys were home. So did Dawn have to bring them home at some point during that day? Was he not working all day? Or were the kids really home all day? Anyway, they stop at the local market and Candace buys some twisted tea and a vape. Hunter says that these items were for him. Now, twisted tea is an alcoholic drink and Hunter was 15, not 21. So this would obviously be a poor choice by Candace. And Candace tells authorities that she bought those items for her mother 
who was also with all of them. Of course, if Candace did buy these items for a 15-year-old boy, she was probably scared to admit that because, well, that's illegal. Now, things get really weird at this point because Candace says that they went to the swimming hole and they let Summer swim and they all just hung out down by the water. But Hunter says that at some point while him and Candace were sharing the vape and looking at TikToks together, that Summer actually hit her head and went underwater for a bit. Hunter says he was the one who pulled her out and she seemed fine. But Candace denies Hunter's story and says that Summer never went underwater. On Candace's TikTok, you can find a video of Summer at the swimming hole on this day. She's just playing in the water and having fun like any child would be. Once their day is done at the water, Candace, her mom, and Summer drive Hunter home. Here is where another discrepancy comes in. Candace says that Summer was awake when they dropped Hunter off. But Hunter and his mom, Allie, who came out to the car, both said that Summer was asleep. There is also a video that Candace's mom took of Summer asleep in the car. And it was meant to be a picture, but it's just a short video instead because, you know, technology and older people does not always go well together. But you can hear in the video them asking her, them asking like if her arms are still up. And Candace says she wanted this picture because she thought Summer looked cute with her arms up, sleeping like her dad sleeps. Both Hunter and Candace's account of this day are in YouTube videos on the Interview Room channel. When Candace is walking with the host of the show down the trail to show him the waterhole, she says, quote, everything is in slow motion now, end quote. Many people are suspect of this comment. Slow motion, why? Did something happen at this swimming hole? Memories that put you into slow motion are often traumatic memories. Why would this swimming hole be that trauma for Candace? Maybe it's where she relates it to be the start of that horrible day she lost her baby. Or maybe something happened at the water. Have you ever heard of dry drowning? If Summer went underwater too long and did have to, in fact, be pulled out, she could have gotten water into her lungs. And with this, a child can drown later on when they are no longer in the water, usually when they're asleep. After Candace, her mom, and Summer return home, this is when they start gardening. And we know Summer eventually disappears. We know Summer still has not been found to this day. At this moment, it really is about searching for her. Once we find her, answers may come with that. After Summer disappeared, it has been confirmed that the couple's other three children were actually taken into custody by the Department of Children's Services. This was confirmed by a worker on Wednesday, July 21st, about one month after Summer disappeared, and it is stated that the the department was involved in the Summer Wells investigation. Don Wells also confirmed this, stating, quote, 
Right now, with everybody attacking us and all this stuff going on, it's probably better for them. End quote. Don did say that the speculation and deep look into his life were really starting to wear on him. And at one point, he tells the host of the podcast, Jay is for Justice, quote, they come at me and said they had the inside scoop with the TVI and that they knew I sold my daughter for drugs and I flipped out. I flipped out. I believed that stuff. Like an idiot, I believed it and I flipped out and started drinking and everything else. And that's why they took our kids. End quote. Remember the allegations that he sold his son, that he sold his other kids for money. This is kind of where that statement ties in. So Don hears these allegations or people are alleging that he did the same thing with Summer and it really threw him for a loop. There is now a gag order on the Child Protective Services case involving the sons of the couple, meaning that no one involved with the case can discuss the matter of the children with the media or any person involved. And this Halloween, on October 31st, 2021, Don came back into the spotlight of speculation when he was arrested for driving under the influence of alcohol. He stated to the officer that he had taken some shots and then he failed the sobriety tests. He will have court appearances in the future for this and we will have to stay tuned. The thing with this whole case is that it's just sad all the way around. I can feel empathy for Candace and Dawn. If, and that's a big if, they have nothing to do with Summer being missing. I do have a lot of suspicions around their history, but I really don't know what's going on. Having their life scrutinized after having their daughter go missing would be devastating. I can't even imagine. But like I said, I just don't know what happened. So what do you think? Did Summer wander into the woods? Or did a passerby quickly snatch her up without a trace? Could her parents have something to do with it? Maybe could it have been an accident that they are now covering up? Are they grieving her, but they know more? I truly do not know. This case has got my brain moving in so many different directions. My heart goes back and forth between empathy for her family and what they're going through and then questioning them and the heartbreak for Summer and what could have happened to her. If you have any information about the Summer Moon Utah Wells case, please call the Hawkins County Sheriff's Office at 423-272-7121. 